looking at uh, lessons we can learn from uh, that little text in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And I uh, looked at with you the last session at the uh, from verse 12 through to 17. I'm just going to pick up on the 17th verse now and add another one or two little lessons here that are or reminders that I feel God wants to highlight in this period of time that we're living in. He says in the 17th verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity like men sent from God. I want to just read another translation here, the message, uh, just that 17th verse 2. And he says this, <clears throat> We don't take God's word, water it down, and then take it to the streets to sell it cheap. We stand in Christ's presence when we speak. God looks at us in the face. We get what we say straight from God and say it as honestly as we can. I love that. It's a, this is such a wonderful uh, reminder and lesson. And uh, so it can be such a blessing to us if we take it in the right heart from God. Um, especially we as preachers. You see, the last session I talked about God's word being unrestricted, that God is able to do what he likes. And I looked at some of our movements and momentum, but now I want to have a quick look at the message, and we don't have much time here. Um, I'm trying to keep these sessions down to 10, 15 minutes and as best as I possibly can. I think sometimes we preach too long and people are not able to concentrate or just don't have the time to sit and, and listen to too much. But here I am just trying my best now to just keep this sh as short as I can. So uh, Paul says here, he doesn't water down God's word or use it for personal gain or for personal profit in that 17th verse. Unlike others, we do not peddle the word of God. And as that message Bible says, we don't water it down and then take it down to the streets and sell it cheap. See, so often we can so desire for people to respond to the Word of God that we don't actually tell them what the real truth is about the Word of God, what God is really saying. So we water it down. Um, but here's, this is so important, these few things here. Don't water God's down, word down or use it for personal gain uh, or for personal profit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, in the NIV, it says this, We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. You know, there's a sadness that you could read in Philippians chapter 3. I don't have time to read it. But if you'll do yourself a favor, read Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through to 21 and see what Paul says there. When people don't do what he's saying they need to do here. So here's the next little lesson reminder. When we preach, our preaching is by lifestyle as well as by lips. Lifestyle and lips. What you speak 
can sometimes stop people from hearing what being hearing what you're saying because of lifestyle. So, what is five little vital proof uh, truth truth uh, truths here on preaching? First of all, I touched it a moment ago. Don't use God's word or preaching for personal gain or personal profit, but for God's glory and for the people's good. You'll see that in the 17th verse of that 2 Corinthians chapter 2. For God's glory and for the people's good. The second little lesson we can learn here is that He, Christ, is present there with us when He says we preach in Christ. He's the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He revealed to us grace and truth that came through Christ. Grace and truth. So it's not isolated text. It's not trick messages, isolated emphases, etc. It's the truth. Remember this. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, but also that the Holy Spirit only bears witness to truth. He's the Spirit of truth, and He cannot impact and empower for transformation and uh, motivation to move forward when we don't preach truth, when we exaggerate, overstate, understate, water down the word, the Holy Spirit is limited into what, as to what he can do. And then the next little lesson is we speak before God as the message tries to bring out face to face with God. God's facing us, watching us, hearing us. He knows what motivates us to say what we're saying. And when we're preaching the, the Bible, motives, it's very difficult to have mixed motives when you're preaching the truth of the Bible, because the Bible speaks for itself and the Spirit of God takes the word and God watches over it to perform it. So stick with the Bible. He knows what we, why we're saying what we're saying, why we're going where we're going. He knows our motives. We, we preach as though standing face to face with God. God's there. So we do it out of love for Him, not to get acceptance from our hearers. Next one quickly, I don't want to take too much time here. He goes on to say, we preach with sincerity. As the NIV says, the message says, we say it as honestly as we can. We need to be, what we're saying, we, we truly believe. And then he says, fifthly, we, we, like men sent from God. We don't need to preach, we speak before God like men sent from God. We represent him. We are his ambassadors. In everything we say, everything we do, we're representing him. Let's represent him well in our preaching, in, in our humor from the pulpit, in how we respond to applause or how we even respond to resistance. Like men sent from God. And here's just a few little Verses I want to, scriptures that I just wanted to give you about just receiving guidance or receiving revelation from God while we're preparing to minister. I've just got a few here that are in, in, in Psalm 25 and verse 14. This is what he says. The Lord confides in those who fear him. 
He makes his covenant known to them. Isn't that wonderful that God will actually take you into his confidence? While you're preparing messages, as you're preparing to minister somewhere, God takes you into his confidence. He shows you things that you wouldn't have known that need to be done, said, handled, tackled, whatever the case may be. The Amplified Bible says this, The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, revere, and worship him, and he will show them his covenant and reveal to them its deep inner meaning. Another precious promise is John 15, 15, Jesus speaking to his disciples. He said, disciples, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's, his, know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. That's mind boggling. Absolutely, that's God's promise for us. Receive it. Take it by faith and obey it. You could look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through to, uh, nine and 10. Proverbs 3, 20, uh, 32 says this, His secrets counsel is with the righteous. Um, Isaiah 42, verse 9 says, See the former things have taken place and new things are declared. Before they spring up into being, I announce them to you. God says in Jeremiah chapter 33, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. Remember what God said to, to the prophet. He said, God does nothing without first revealing his acts to his prophets, his servants, the prophets. So take those promises. And now just in closing, so that I, because I see my time is really running out. We need clear signals or trumpet calls on our journey. We're talking about our movements, our momentum, our message. Coming, bringing those three together, in the book of uh, Numbers, in the wilderness wanderings, in, in Numbers chapter 10, the, the first, the, those first 10 verses, they tell us about the, the need for the trumpet call to be blasted. And there are three calls that, that Moses gets from God. God. God shows him the three things as to when we should, uh, the, trumpet sound, uh, the trumpet should be blown. And... Uh, and these are the three separate calls, I believe, that come from biblical leadership. One is this, to gather the people, in verses 2 and 3 of Numbers 10. Gatherings must be for a purpose. And people need to know what those purposes are. We don't just gather because we gather. We gather with purpose. We gather to worship. We gather to fellowship. We gather to grow. Uh, through biblical instruction and biblical revelation. It's revelation that brings transformation. It's not information. It's revelation and instruction that, that, that brings about transformation. We gather to be transformed, not just informed. The second trumpet sound was not only to gather people, but for advancing or moving forward, for breaking camp. You find that also in Numbers chapter 10, verse 2. In other words, God's calls tells leaders to call the people of God together so that they may not only receive revelation, but that they may together take more ground for God through outreaches, through church planting, through new homes being involved, in reaching into communities, through helping the taking care of the poor and the needy, with evangelism, with, with wanting to win them to Christ, seeing them coming to Christ, in, in the back of our minds, all these things 
we need God's people need to hear the trumpet call again for those things. And the third uh, signal was or calling call was to ensure God's involvement or God's presence or God's protection, as you'll see in Numbers chapter nine, uh, chapter ten, verse nine. In other words, they need to be sure that God's involved in it. So whatever they're going to go out and do as the people of God, and we as leaders are to help them to see this, to know what they come when they come to it, they called by the leaders to gather. They there to be able to know what God involved. I'm saying that in quotation marks. God involved, end of quotation marks what it looks like through what they experience when they gather with us as leaders. So when we call them, we call them with purpose. We call them not just to meet, not just to go through the Sunday routine or the Wednesday night routine or the home cell routine. We call them with these three things in mind. And I hope God can interpret that to you and show you how to do that in every area of your ministry, life and leadership. So be good stewards of the word of God. Be good stewards of serving God and help your people. And may God bless you because he loves you and he wants you to succeed. Thank you, Father. Cause success, cause blessing cause effectiveness and fruitfulness in Jesus name for all of us and we'll give you praise and thanks for you and you alone are worthy amen bless you